All right, hello to everyone from Kinshasa to Kyoto, and lest we forget, the worst town in South Carolina, Pelzer. Uh, you're listening to the Mad Park Podcast. We're recording live here at The Vault in the Playroom on Charlotte's glorious west side. Be sure to check them out at uh, www.theplayroomonline.com. The Playroom's been serving Charlotte's musical and creative community since 1994. I am Tom, and that is... Brian. And our guest today is also... Brian. Do you have a last name, Brian? I do, Brian Pierce. Okay, he's Brian with a Y. Yeah, yeah uh, with a Y. The y. other one's Brian with a ampersand, I suppose. Yeah, an accent. Accent. Why? The few, the proud. Yeah, uh, Brian Pierce is a local Charlotte uh, quasi legend. He's a <laughs> he's a, a vocalist, a thespian, but he does like women also, and uh, also a facial hair legend. You got to see the the scope of this thing he's sporting on his face right now. What's uh, shaking, Brian? Until I shave it off. <laughs> Ooh, is Ooh. that something you're going to do soon? Uh, I mean, there's always an option. I mean, grow back. I know you, Brian. Brian knows Brian, and I know Brian who knows Brian, but are you from Charlotte originally? Uh, I am not. I was actually born in North Carolina, but I was raised everywhere but North Carolina. But Give I me lived... some of the towns or cities or municipalities. Uh, okay, we'll go through the run real quick. I was born in Cherry Point, North Carolina. Gross. Uh, then it was so North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, <laughs> Alabama, Alaska, California, Georgia, California, Georgia, South Carolina, Charlotte. Military thing, yeah, very much. Yeah. Were you <laughs> at least ever? the first, at least the first half. Right. What okay. what branch of the military? Uh, my your... dad was a marine. My stepdad was Air Force. Okay. Elfer, were you at Elmendorf? We were at Elmendorf. I had a friend at Elmendorf. Yeah. Um, and that stint in South Carolina did that uh, any any connection to Pelzer perhaps? No, uh, good, South good. Carolina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I was in Chesney. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. The big metropolis of Chesney, South Carolina. <laughs> Megalopolis. Did yeah. you know that Pelzer has actually shrunk by? Has shrunk and has shrank. What's the past participle? Um, has now you're been, using big words like participle. Huh? Yeah, people got the hell out at a rate of almost 50% of the population every year. They're down to maybe 80 people, I think. They uh, seriously, it's terrible. At Pelzer? Pelzer, South Carolina. I guess, you know, some cities just die. It was never a city. And others get absorbed. <laughs> some cities need to die. Well, Pineville just got absorbed. By huh? by Charlotte, really? I mean, it is. I mean, it is. Well, it is, but they're. It's in Mecklenburg County, though. It is. So it's Mecklenburg County, but like we, as far as I understand. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're still the town of Pineville. They they are incorporated. Yeah. Um. They do draw other. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. Did, I don't know. How did you we went, get here, man? You said Pelzer. That, that was started, our last podcast. Was, uh, yeah, like, city management. That was I mean, Victoria Watlington. I, who won? Who won? By the way, I'm last just glad Tuesday. that I glad that I know somewhat. About geography. Yeah. I like rocks. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, got any siblings? Uh, I have four siblings. I'm the exact middle. We're Jesus. A, yeah. I'm, These are things that you and I, I mean, I've known yeah. you for a while. We've never actually discussed no, because no. it's hard to do that with music blaring. But. Yeah. Two brothers, two sisters. Uh, the girls are the bookends. So the, my youngest is... is my youngest sister is the youngest, and then my other sister is the oldest of the, of the <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me your youngest sister is actually the youngest? Well, bleh. yeah, right. I, I said that wrong. Okay, so the youngest <laughs> sibling is my 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 little sister Debrina. Yeah, and then my oldest is my oldest sister Shannon. Right. Okay. And then I have two brothers, Jeremy and Jamie. Okay. And I'm the exact middle, and we're almost exactly two years apart, with the exception of my little sister, who's almost exactly three years apart. So we're all born in October, November. Jeez, October, nice. Parents had a nice clock going. Apparently. Yeah. Are they involved? Let's not in... talk about that. <laughs> oh. Are they involved in any of the same kind of stuff you're into? Are they creative? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, are they also insane? 
no, I'm I'm the crazy one of the bunch. I think. Really? Yeah, yeah probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all talented, very talented musically. Mm-hmm. Can sing. Uh, my brother plays drums. My my older sister plays piano. Um, we're a very musical family, but uh, I'm the one that just uh, I didn't go into the corporate world. Right. I got and you. Do that. I decided to go kind of the artistic thing. I mean, I did. Uh, the work thing for a long time. I was partner in a uh, construction management company, and we remodeled restaurants all over the southeast. And Any particular chain we want to know about? Darden. Darden. They own Red Lobster, Olive Garden, oh, Capitol okay. Grill, Smoky Bones, all that. So I used to remodel restaurants for them. Nice. And so did a bunch of stuff, did a, did all that, and then it was just you know somewhere in the back of my head. It's like, what am I doing this for? Like, it's a good living. Yeah. But sure. why? Like, there's no – the why is completely money. And if that's yeah. if that's the only motivation, you yeah, know, it's not particularly enthusing to me. It's nice to have some freedom and some fun stuff to do with that freedom. For sure, for but sure. it also it also helps to make a little money. We all got to do it. Yeah, but it's it's all it was always that thing of whenever you're working and you're under under like the pressure of that job, you like you think of all the things you do with a day off. Yeah, and then yeah. you get that day off and you don't do any of the things. Oh, because yeah. you're too fucking. Excuse me, you're too tired. <laughs> yeah, too exhausted. <laughs> we you work just, the room blue here. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. I don't. I'm so offended. That being said, did you once you did you have in your mind, hey, I'm going to quit doing this, so I'll have time to go sing, or I'll have time to act, or take classes? No, there was never never like a uh, a design plan for it. Um, I just know that I was in the middle of uh, a small town in Georgia. I was in Albany, Georgia, and I was I was in the middle of like my third hundred hour work week, and it was like three o'clock in the morning, and I got back to my hotel room, and I was like, what am I doing? Mm. Why am I here? This this is I'm not happy. Are and, you there, God? It's me, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And so I uh, I called my partner the next day and said, you know, we're gonna after we satisfy everything else that's on the books for, as far as contractually, um, I've got to go. Yeah. And so did that uh, spring of 2009, and which is the probably the worst time you can quit a job. Yeah. In my lifetime. <laughs> yes, it <You> was. <laughs> it was like the market and everything was going, you know, just just toilet. Yeah. And uh, and I had a bunch of friends that worked in the service industry, so I was like, I'll be a bartender. And no one was hiring bartenders. And uh, I actually had a had a situation. I went and applied to a place, and I went back to check on the resume or my uh, my application. And so I went in, and the hostess pulls out two folders, and one said "cool people," literally <laughs> on the face of it. One said "cool people," and one said "not cool people." <laughs> And I was not in the cool people folder. Oh, that oh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. Was but, it one of the restaurants you had helped remodel? Well, it's a restaurant that, no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, it was a restaurant that, and bar that no longer exists. So, Oh, was, okay. Sucks to you know, suck. And, yeah, it sucks to suck. Was it the Shake Juggalug in Conyers? Uh, it was, uh, shall I say? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say. It was Mez okay. at Epicenter. You know, and, and, and it seemed like the kind of place, you know, and I was like, eh. You could probably make some money there. You know? Yeah, I was going to make some money, and I had some friends that worked there, and I thought maybe they could get me in the door. And eventually... Uh, I got an interview with a with a club that was opening up, opening up, and uh, the owner of the club. I got an interview with him through a friend, and he's like, "How old are you?" I was like, "32." He's like, "You don't want to be a bar back at 32." I said, "Well, with all due respect, I don't think you know what I want." Yeah. Give me the job, and I'll prove it. And I got the job, and that's how I kind of got into the bar industry. Yeah. And started bartending and doing all this other stuff. And in the in the meantime, I was like the whole thing in the back of your head: What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Yeah. Like survival instinct kicks in. You just got to do what you got to do, pay the bills. And uh, one day I was listening to the radio and it was uh, an interview with uh, Bobby Cannavale on Terry Gross, Fresh Air. I love Terry Gross. And, oh, 
and her Amazing. exquisite short haircut. Oh, national treasure for sure. And Bobby Cannavale is an actor that I've always looked up to and thought he did amazing work. And it just clicked. And I called some friends that I knew were actors. I said, who are you taking classes with? And they told me. And got an interview that week, and here I am. Voila. Well, generally those classes are during the waking hours. Yeah. And then you work the other hours. So that's, and yeah. it gave you the freedom you needed. It was good. It was good. I, I definitely had to, you know, start changing the circadian rhythm. Yeah. You know, from going to bed at 5 a.m. I'm not sure that's a real word. Uh, I think so. It is now. I'll rhythm? Is that, is that a word? Rhythm. 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 Yeah, rhythm. So that, at what point did you get to the wonderful establishment you're at now? Uh, Snug. Snug Harbor? Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a harebrained idea. I had, I had uh, one of the girls that I knew that was acting in and had actually reached out to uh, about acting classes. Um, I went into Jack Lope Jack's mm-hmm. years ago when it was over on 7th Street and sang karaoke, and she came out from behind the bar, Joanna Jowett, and she was like, hey, have you ever thought about hosting karaoke? He's like, no, but now I am. So I ended up getting a gig there, doing a Thursday night karaoke hosting gig there. And um, and I would sit and hang out at Snug Harbor because it was like one of my favorite bars. Yeah. It is my favorite bar. It is cool. And... Uh, I started talking to one of the owners because he was working behind the bar, and I was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a karaoke night here? You know, it's like a rock club, full sound system, all that stuff. And he's like, nah, I hadn't. I was like, well, would you consider it? He's like, yeah, let me let me look at the schedule, see what we got, see if we have any slow nights, you know. Because, you know, they got to look at what bands they've booked out. So six months yeah. later, we started. And I was like, well, I'll start at 6 p.m. and uh, maybe catch the daytime crowd, the after football crowd. You know, and then we'll go, and and if we if I find out that it's dead, we'll just move the time up, and I'll start at eight or start at ten and go on. And uh, uh, got to uh, from from kickoff, it's been six six p.m. to two a.m. since, and it got so busy that we started having a karaoke host. I, th- I think it was like a couple months in. I was like, man, this is getting so rowdy yeah. at like ten p.m. We don't have enough time to take care of everybody because like my my deal is like. My deal is one of those things where I don't care who you are, how well you sing. It's about the experience for everybody in the yeah. room, um, you know. And the perception can be like, "Oh, you take care of your friends." No, I want to take care of everybody. It's it's important. Yeah. That everybody has a good experience, and so we added a second host on the patio. Became two parties in one. Yeah, that's a cool feature, and it just <clears throat> yeah. allows people the opportunity to sing, you know. Because if you come in and there's a hundred people in the room, and they were already signed up a full sheet sheet of people, you're not. You came to sing karaoke, you're not going to get a chance. Yeah. You're probably going to walk out. Yeah, I mean, know? I still host the karaoke over at Jeff some nights, and I mean, and I mean, it's, um, you know, this past Saturday we had four, you know, four sheets of paper. Yeah. At some point, you got to be like, I- I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, and you then know, there's the people tough. that come on a regular basis, so they know kind of the the deal of how to do it. Yeah. You know, even if you're not ready to sing, some people need that extra shot. You're like, I, I can't sing. I need another shot. It's like, go get some tequila, but sign up first. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen is you're going to get that shot of tequila. You're going to end up talking to your friends. You're going to be here for an hour, and then you're going to wonder why the list is so long when you sign up. If you had signed up when you first walked in, maybe. Yeah. You know. And this is a little bit of a shameless plug for Snug Harbor, but, I, you know, I've come over there before with my yeah. – I've crewed up and rolled over there. And I like the fact that you guys start early. Yeah. Not just because it lets me get back home, you know, at a decent hour, and I'm older now. But yeah. um, 
you go early and you got some regulars in there. We know who yeah. the regulars are, and mm-hmm. they get a chance to sing multiple times. Yeah. But once that crowd starts picking up, I've, I've never known you to be scared to walk up and say, hey, man, i got some new people in here. Let me get to them. Not a problem. That's yeah. the way it ought to be. Especially if somebody's already sang four or five times. Exactly. You know, some of the regulars. And I'll be like, hey, let me squeeze some people in that, that have not had the experience. They, they came here. Yeah. Maybe they drove. I've, I've had people drive from South Carolina to come. From Pelzer? From, from Pelzer. <laughs> Rock Hill. Rock Thrill. Anybody ever comes in and tells you they're from Pelzer, tell them to get the hell out. I'll be like, you're first up, man. And There's only 20% jump. of you left. <laughs> get yeah, you in and there. I know that on Sundays on on the uh, Bone Snugs and Harmony, the mm-hmm. Snug Sundays, um, around about 9 o'clock, man, that crowd just starts pouring in. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I – Tell the owners all the on a regular basis. I tell pretty much anybody that'll listen that I'm kind of still surprised. Mm-hmm. Come October, it'll be seven years of doing it, right? Damn. And I'm still surprised that like I'm th- I'm super thankful for it. Yeah, I, sure. I don't I do not take it for granted because it's definitely was a harebrained idea of a of something that I I thought could be different than just you know the corner of a bar, you know yeah. something that's set in the corner of a bar and it's and you know flypaper. Fly paper, keep keep people yeah. sticking around just to yeah. just to have some more drinks at the bar, as opposed to it being the central experience of the room, you know. And I'm super thankful for the guys at Snug and and Kelly Call, God rest her soul. But um, uh, super thankful that they gave me the opportunity to do it, you know, and and still give me the opportunity to do it because what a what a harebrained idea that yeah. they're like, hey, we're a rock club, we book bands, we have bands come from all over the world. And we're going to have this one night where anybody and everybody can get up on the mic and do their thing. Yeah, and you guys make them sound great. I oh, mean, man. I've gone there and sounded yeah, pretty and decent a couple of times. sound guys that, that yeah. come in and, and that's do your the own thing. sound guy. That's awesome, man. That's crazy because that's not the typical experience with, yeah. you know, because when you're you're doing it, you're having to run sound and yeah. DJ. Yeah, you just kind of do yeah. everything in the little box. And it's, how, how is that? That's probably got to be that next level of stress. It's not. I, I'm, I'm going to say really. stress, but like that kind of gives it a negative connotation. But and, and, Well, like in a sense, I. I would say, like, I'm trying to keep an eye on the people on stage the, and making sure they're not maybe the dropping bucket shop issues. Brian's trying to tell you a polite way: the bucket shop issues are not the snug issues. No, 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 no. no. But, like, it's a, it comes from empathy. It's yeah, like yeah. Here, here's a guy who oh, does yeah. this, and 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 one of the major parts of what he does, oh, yeah. is is taken out of my hands and done by a professional. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. So, like, part of me is looking at the stage to make sure. Okay, what are those? people sound like make sure they don't drop the mic yeah keep everything organized there but then i'm also you know fiddling with stuff here then who's I'm next playing, how many I'm playing who's, in between music do yeah. i need to yell who's over next? at the guy who's at the door to come eject someone <laughs> yeah, so yeah i'm kind of watching <laughs> and i'm i'm kind of surprised at how rowdy karaoke can, can get sometimes <laughs> oh yeah well it gets crazy at snug oh, but you man. also know how crazy it gets at the bucket shop yeah and and you know you guys have a super compressed room Everybody's there, yeah, yeah. but it's very intimate. And one one thing I love about the bucket shop, and I'll give you guys a, a shameless plug, is that is that you go there and you're just met met as a friend every time you walk in the door. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like unless you're not, and then you you're get, not. Well, then, then you're, <laughs> well, that, well, I mean, do you ever get that? Like, I Saturday I worked and I get the, hey, we've been here for an hour. Mm-hmm. When am I gonna sing? And it's already one o'clock. Yeah. So I said, well, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know your name, so can you show me where you're on the list? Yeah, yeah. They show me, and I said, well, you're here. I'm going down the list as fast as I can. Um, it's three minutes. It's roughly three minutes per song. Yeah, and all I get from the guy is, "Fuck you," you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, some people get real. I mad. get that. Yeah. I get that sometimes. I have, I have had a situation before where somebody came in the booth, 
and got in my face. And that like it's over karaoke, over karaoke. Right. And there, there, there's the aspect of it there, that, that's me, the human, the person that that wants to address it as a yeah. Like you're you're coming at me as a person, and right. I'm a person. So we can how how do you want to handle this? Yeah. But then there's a part of me that goes well. If I do it that way, this whole party stops, you know, and uh, and also like he's been he's been drinking, yeah, you know, so yeah. whatever, and so I just go security, oops, yeah. security, and uh, they come and you know have a conversation with the dude, maybe escort him out and say come back next time or whatever, and or you don't know, or don't, you know, I mean, depends on the on the situation. That's not my call to make. Um, I I try to I try to be. Uh, you know, neutral. Do you ever as, do, much, as much as I possibly can? Do you ever do it out outside, or is it all your? Yeah, no. Inside? Sometimes I'll switch outside, and mm-hmm. and like uh, for a few years, uh, we've done karaoke on the Fourth of July. Like they have the the day party, the block party right. that happens, the big picking, and uh, so I'll do karaoke there sometimes, or any special events I'll do it. Like we just hit. Um, uh, one of the owner's daughters had her. She's eight years, eight years old, and she has a, a a thing that she does called Party Mountain. And uh, so she does. It, it's it's awesome, man. Is it something with cats? Oh, that's just the name of her uh, oh. of her of her brand, you know. Okay. And uh, so she she came. Any any cat puns during the show? Like you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dad jokes over here. Uh, but like she she does a party uh, every couple months. But this was her birthday party, and she did it all for the Humane Society. Ooh, and nice. so every dime that was raised did a little bake sale. They raised like a thousand dollars. Thank for the Humane Society, nice. pretty you know, good. And, and they asked me, you know, she asked me if I'd come in and host karaoke for her and her friends. Absolutely, you know, I love doing that. I love doing so. It's like if if it's karaoke just for the the money, it's a, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about any job. If it's just yeah. for the money, it's kind of doesn't have the. It's not as attractive. Yeah, you know, not to me anyway. No, um, everybody needs money, and I like I like making money. But if it's just for the money, and I don't get any like. There's not that residual kick of, of like, I'm either doing good or this is a good experience. Uh, then why? What are a couple things that are that are pleasant surprises when people come in? Like if they sing a really like an off the wall song, or they oh. might come in wearing something stupid. Oh, I love it. I love I love when uh, you know people of of all shapes and sizes and colors and different ages ages and and you know the spectrum walks through the door and I, and I love that that's the thing I do love about about snug and, and hosting that party because it's it's anybody and everybody's welcome and you know come and meet some new friends yeah and uh, you know we've had some some crazy cool people come through there I mean we've had Hannibal, don't I know it yeah Hannibal Burris showed up one night uh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait oh, came out one night he walks up to me he's like he's like man you got some pipes on you I was like Dude, I love your films. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like this. Yeah. Like my admiration for him goes back to the '80s. His admiration for me goes back five minutes ago. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, I was like, thanks, dude. But like, what a high compliment, you yeah. know? And uh, especially from someone that was in Police Academy too. Oh, right, absolutely. <laughs> Are you the mayor? <laughs> I voted for you. Um, uh, we had a couple of people come in from Glee. Uh, I know that it's like all over. It was it was all over everywhere, and 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 that's really cool because it's like they waited their turn just the same as anybody else. Like they were super super sweet, you know, and just came in and 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 you know became part of the party. And that's that's nothing I did other than show up the same time every week and host Mm -hmm. the party. And ever had one of the Sex Pistols show up? I've never had any of the Sex Pistols. We did. Oh, oh man. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was not not Sid Vicious. Color me jealous. (laughs) Well, (laughs) dang, dude. 
Somebody really? turned his corpse in the door. <laughs> it's the uh, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm assuming you probably have more fun and it's more enjoyable doing the karaoke hosting than it might be like doing the bartending. Um, yes and no. Uh, <clears throat> which one pays better? I'm sorry, that's a little personal. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for it's, the amount of work you do, I mean, which one's that's, better? That's that's it's like what you go into work any night, and it can be. It could be aces or bust. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, that's hard to say. Uh, as far as what do I like better, yeah. I like them both. Uh, the difference between them is that uh, I don't get to ignore anyone doing karaoke. Yeah. You know, when you're having when you have a, a cantankerous, you know, shitty bar customer, sure. and you're behind the bar, you can just go next and take yeah. care of the next person. I can do that, but everyone else is watching me do that. And thinks that's the experience they're going to get too, you know. And I don't have anything to serve them except for the song they want to sing. I'm yeah. serving them happiness. So I, I remember like the first place I ever did karaoke at with a group of friends before the bucket was performed it at or hosted. I performed it at. Gotcha. Um, it was when I worked at the Observer when I first moved here. We went to Old Crown Central. Is that what oh it was called? yeah, and, and Crown Station. Yeah, Crown, Crown Station. Station yeah. And, Brian was there bartending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was like the first. Like, that was the first place. That I was a fun to. gig because, it, like, to to the point, I was I was like, uh, the reason I got that gig is I walked in one night. We we walked out of the backside <laughs> of um, the Double Door, and we were we had seen a show and we were just faced completely, <laughs> you know. And I walked in. And I was like, Wah! I was I was like a I was like uh, what was his name. Uh, uh, I don't know. You're terrible with names. I, I, today. Yeah, I'm terrible with names. I'm, I'm, <laughs> What's yeah, his name? I'm, I don't know. Anand Khashoggi. Who Bob knows? Kessel yeah. Plate. Uh, no, you know. What I'm talking. Anyway, you would know who I was talking about. The, Pauly the, Shore's uncle. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Hanna Barbera. No. Uh, the uh, two different people. I know. Uh, anyway, I was I was a uh, I was a cyclone. I was just going through the place. Yeah. You know. And I grabbed the microphone and started just you know I got on stage and started singing and then the owner comes up and he's like hey man. Uh, do you want a bartend? Do you want a job? <laughs> like, or do you that want That was the leave? weirdest. That was probably the weirdest job interview I ever had. Did you work was like, that night? No, no, no. Thank no, God. No, no. But I did come back and I started and I worked there. But like the the whole thing was they had a karaoke host and I was the bartender. But I and and I noticed when I would get up to sing, mm-hmm. the tips the the bar tips got better. Yeah, I I mean so, I just remember like being there sometimes because we would go somewhere and get hammered after work or yeah, yeah. with the observer and then wind up there and. You know, Brian would make some drinks, and then uh, there'd be like a pause at the bar because he'd go sing a song because everybody would want him to sing a song. And then, well, we, yeah, and then we'd all be like, eh, I don't know who this guy is running karaoke, yeah. but uh, here, take my money, Brian. Yeah, but, and it was so, it was so, that was that was weird because I, I, I you know, it's always like, uh, and you were also like super friendly as a bartender. I kind yeah. of like uh, again the acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually enjoyed bartending, and, and I, I do enjoy it when it when it happens from time to time. But uh, it's it's one of those things like it, it is a weird thing for me to uh, to have anybody be like, oh, please do this thing. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm I'm stoked. Somewhere on the inside of me, I'm super stoked that anybody pays attention to anything that I do. Yeah. Uh, and I do it for my reasons. And I'm I, shallow and I, also. And I hope that people take notice. But like when they then when they do take notice, it, it also feels weird. It's yeah. two-edged sword, man. You know, there's no there's no way not to get cut by it. It's just go, ah, I, I'm glad you like it. I'm going to go now. You Brian know? has the question on everybody's mind that goes to well, this, Snug Harbor. Well, this is my last character question because I don't want to talk to you about it. But ask him the real question. <laughs> so, what... <laughs> What uh, I know it's bone snugs and harm, uh, bone snugs and whatever harmony, harmony. Yeah. Um, 
What four-year-old does your Photoshop? Uh, well, uh, the new ones, that's me. Uh, the, the four-year-old. Uh, I think you might, uh, you, you're going to eat some words, I think, maybe. Uh, the, the, girl that, uh, the girl that did my Photoshop for about three years, mm-hmm. uh, she has passed on. Oh, wow. uh, her name was Elizabeth Legrand, and she was amazing. She was one of the most beautiful people on the planet. And I have nothing but love for those fo- those posters. I reuse. We them love them occasionally. And I know. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, they're I know. funny. They're, I know. They're, they're, they're funny. The, the whole the whole thing it's is just that your face yeah, on, on a bronze god man's body. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. No, yeah. I, I I joke, but like the thing is, is like. Uh, there, like there's a, there's a special place in my heart, but I also got to know that there's like the reason why they work is because they're so ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it. and and trust me, there were a number of conversations uh, in the three years where I was like, please don't do that, and I was like, I don't I don't know I don't feel comfortable about that one, and and she was like, listen, this is what I do for a living. She was a professional yeah. in marketing and, and graphic design. Yeah. this is what I do for a living. Trust me, trust me, and I was like, yeah, and inevitably the one that I was the most like, oh god. Was the one that was like everybody was like, oh my god, that is the best, you know. So, Your face on Dean Kane's naked body, something uh, like that, <laughs> or Cher. Cher's yeah. face on Dean Kane's no. body. <laughs> no, that actually happened. my face on Cher's body, oh, or, that. Yeah, yeah. or my face on Katy Perry's body. Yeah, Ooh, uh, just I like the sound always, of that. They're, they're always, always funny, just outside. Well, Brian's crazy. not going to ask it, but I got a question for you for right. Snug Harbor. Like, where right. the fuck are you supposed to park over there? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't park in the it's one parking lot. It's getting worse too. It's yeah. getting worse too. They're they, they're selling the block. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They're selling everything, like from from pecan all the way to the train tracks and all the way back to Independence. So all that parking that kind of went away yeah. because it was like now five dollars to park, or yeah. you, and you didn't you never knew. Like I I didn't risk it. It's like I paid five bucks to park, but now I come in, I've got a boot on my car, or my car's gone. Yeah, because like I'm sure the parking pay people aren't talking to the towing people. The towing yeah. people oh, are just yeah. there to go get you know get the money. Yeah, gotta uh, make it. I don't know. It's 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 definitely a point of contention with anyone who's lived in the neighborhood for any period of time. It's it. Uh, it chaps my ass. Yeah, you know, it's cool to see anything grow, but the way that it's grown, that neighborhood, I always uh, refer to it as they're killing the goose that laid the golden egg. Absolutely, it's, and I and, and you know, it's gentrification one hundred and one. Everybody comes from some other place because it was cool, and then they change it back into the place they left. Yeah, you know, it's like it's turning into not everything, not everything by any means. Yeah, but. Condos around. I, I love the the Thirsty Beaver because it's just like, <laughs> no, nah, we're here, we're here, dude. The world's biggest middle finger. <laughs> yeah, it it looks it's it looks like the house from Up. You know the, yeah, the movie now up, with the stuff, yeah. the Pixar movie Up. I don't watch stuff like that. Oh man, you got to. But I think it's about uh, a. You, you don't a have a heart. Boy with a, you don't have a heart. A, 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 he's a boy scout. He's gonna a win. A, he's gonna get his badge. Is there balloons in that movie? Yeah, yeah. they okay, put I balloons on the house and take the whole house. The away. movie's about balloons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he makes. So is every animals. porn I ever watched? Ah, uh, uh, it's about to be clown, <laughs> clown. <laughs> um, so I was trying to do research. You know, like we tried <laughs> barely. To do. Um, and I looked at your IMDb. Oh, God. And it said, <laughs> no, you already talked about the NPR thing. Your head charts are yeah. magnificent, yeah. by but, the uh, way. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Zachary Perlow. And, <laughs> yeah. There are good headshots. A couple other people. Yeah, no, they're good yeah. headshots. Um, Lacey Camp. First and... gig, did I read it right that it was a Hillshire Farm commercial? The first, uh, oh. yeah, the first big gig I got was uh, selling sausage. Mouth yeah. meat 101. <laughs> first big gig I got was, was selling sausage. It was a commercial that I think maybe five people saw. But it was it, like the but Hillshire fact, Farms is pretty damn big. Stuff, I know, but really? it was it was like uh, it was a campaign that they, I, I don't know if it was a te- speaking of balloons. I don't know if it was a test balloon, 
but it was just it kind of went out there. It was national. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you kind of was it a new product or something? I think it was a new concept for the for the way they're marketing. Okay. And they shot two commercials at the same time, so there was like me and me and <laughs> you uh, went back into and, the not cool file. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and me and a guy and, and doing doing our thing, and then they had two much more handsome dudes come in and do the same thing after they figured it out. We still like still. Great money, great yeah. payday, great experience. Had great a lot of resume. fun. Great for the resume. Met a lot of people that I still have work with. You know, where some, did you shoot? Did you shoot we in Charlotte? Shot, we shot up near Mount Airy. Okay, uh, like up way up seventy seven. So you don't always all, have to go to New York or L A to shoot. Oh, anything. not at all. Okay. Not at all. There's so much production that happens in North Carolina, uh, and and you know I know with the with the when when they did away with the. Um, the tax, tax incentive mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, we lost a lot of production to to Georgia and South Carolina, but there's so much production coming back uh, that it's you know I, I have major and massive hopes for North Carolina film industry. I mean, we've been part of the film industry for years. Oh yeah, I remember I mean, when Dino De Laurentiis had yeah. the big deal down in Wilmington decades you know, ago. Yeah, and had I mean, Dirty Dancing was filmed in Asheville. Yeah, that's you know. uh, my mom used to go to that place when she was a kid. Yeah, and Nell. Do you ever mm. see that movie, Nell? Mm. That was Jodie Foster. Was and like Liam Neeson. Kinda, um, yeah, they filmed that in Charlotte. Weirdo living in the woods or something. You know, so there's been film production here in North Carolina for yeah. years, and and pro- much much further back than that. I'm, I'm, those are the easy easy ones to pick out. I think you know, Shallow How. Goonies Four yeah. was shot partially in Pelzer, South Carolina. Wow. <laughs> I'm speaking of Pelzer. No, no goon left behind. Uh, are, are you from Pelzer? Is this why it keeps no, coming No, I'm up? not. It sucks. Just, God just, wouldn't have done that to like me. It's like it's stuck in his head, man. It's, it's, our, biggest, <laughs> it's our biggest viewing audience, yeah, all 80 people. Yeah, every, like the biggest By, fan. Per capita or whatever. Yeah, the, our, your biggest fans come from Pelzer. <laughs> all zero of them. <laughs> now, I remember being like at, working at The Observer in, uh, what was that TV show, Homeland. They'd Homeland, yeah. They like, shut down I our, mean, pre- our press room to... Yeah, stuff in there. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, I mean we had like back when the film incentive went you know, went away. Uh thank you, Pat McCrory. Uh <laughs> butthole. Yeah, we had uh what was it? Homeland, Under yep. the Dome, Banshee, uh Yeah, Banshee, I remember that. Banshee. Um, yeah. I mean a lot of ones I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, you know, uh and we lost all of them, you know. And they all went away. They either they either ceased, you know, they either shut down production altogether or they moved production right. to someplace yeah. else, you know. And uh, and that, you know, that was – I wasn't – I hadn't been acting that long, you know, when, when that happened. And it was just like, you know. Yeah. You know, stick it to, to the heart. Yeah, dagger to the heart, you know. <laughs> stick it to me a little bit. But, like, I, I've never thought – because of the way that I view the, the things that I do, I do them because – for my own reasons – and I've never thought that any one event or one person um, could make or break what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know, while acknowledging that it does take a massive amount of people to make to help any dream move forward. Sure. You know? Do you try to get a do you try to tell yourself you're going to do X amount of auditions a month or try to go out for a certain I, amount of roles a month? I go out for as many as will come my way. Okay. Um, I have a great agent. A, Amazing agent, Luann uh, Curry-Bernier. Uh, she's with Monarch Talent, and she is amazing and gets me tons of auditions. What I do know and, and I understand about this process is that my job, once I get an audition, is to do the audition, mm-hmm. not to look past the audition to the job, right? Because right. once I do the audition, that's the only thing I can control. Yeah. That's it. I got to come in, do the thing, and make my choices and be as connected to the material as I can One at possibly bad at a time. Be. 
and send it off and let it go. It's, you know? it's a job interview. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and a lot of them. <laughs> and sometimes, especially with like, you know, short films or independent films, uh, you can reach out to whoever's doing casting because you're probably talking to the writer director uh, mm -hmm. or producer and can reach out and go, hey, I'm really interested in this role. Is there something that you saw that you might like to see different? Uh, and I've only done that one time and landed the role because of it. And I'm thankful for it because the fact that it was it was somebody that I could reach out to and, and then developed a friendship with. And, you know, had had they not given me the role, I'd still want to be connected to them and be friends with them because these are people that make up my tribe, you know, Hell in yeah. terms yeah. of this particular industry. What about stage way. acting? Do any of that? Uh, I've always wanted to do stage. Uh, I have never done stage. I've Why always wanted to do musical theater. It try is for so, CPCC Summer Theater or something like that? It is very time intensive. Um, I get that. And I teach class on Monday nights. I take class on Wednesday night. And generally, those are two dates that are kind of non-negotiable when yeah. you're two days of the week that are kind of non-negotiable when you're talking about auditioning yeah. right, for for stage. It is something that I would love to do, um, and I would walk into the room as green as green comes, knowing that I don't know anything about it. I I, I know some things about it because I have friends that work in theater. Sure, but uh, I would be I would just be admitting ignorance the entire time, and say, "Teach me," you know, open book. Um, I know you <clears throat> had auditioned for The Voice at one point. Mm -hmm. um, to kind of preface that, yeah. what kind of got you into wanting to sing? Like, I know you do it karaoke style and stuff, but well, to go karaoke to audition for yeah, The Voice is a different, uh, I, different uh I've been singing since I was about six <clears throat> um, in church. I grew up in church and grew up uh, very conservative. And so in the kind of church I went to, I grew up Pentecostal, so there's a lot of singing, a lot of a lot of music, you know, and, and hand clap and foot stomp and kind of stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that uh, uh, for that upbringing in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that I, I, I look at and go, hey, you know, can't can't go there. Uh, wouldn't do that again. But there's a lot of things about it that I'm very thankful for. And one of the big things is music. And so uh, started singing back then. And obviously when you're singing in church, it's so connected to your emotion and how you feel and everything that you sing being connected to how you feel. Um, and that's hugely important if you're going to deliver a song with any kind of emotional attachment, you know, and I, and I think it's, it's easy to get up and kind of sell it. Yeah. You, you can get up and have the chops, the vocal chops to do something. But I, I, I connect with singers who are connected much deeper than just their ability to physically do the thing. I, I've seen that quite a bit at the bucket shop. You know, some people get up there, and I've seen some ladies get up especially, and they can really belt it out. They but, can rip. But they, it, I don't know if you can use the term pedantic with singing, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm using that right. Anyway, it's it's a thing where they're singing, I'm going to show you my range. But oh, they yeah. have no heart whatsoever. They're not into that song. Yeah, they and, don't and, like it. And you can tell because sometimes and, sometimes – uh, it's not the notes you sing; it's the notes the it's the ones you don't. Yeah. And like when I when I'm listening to music, I'm listening to the space between as much as I'm listening to the notes they play. You know, uh, just because somebody can get on a guitar and wail how many notes in a measure uh, doesn't necessarily pull me in. It's what are you doing with the with the time that you have? And I think that's probably, uh, you know, bigger. You know, the sure. idea is bigger than just a song or a, a measure of a song. It's bigger than the both of us. Yeah, it's, it's like, what are you doing with the time you have? I think that can extrapolate out into your life. But um, it's, when somebody's just getting up there and showing their chops, it kind of is like, 
Hmm. It was like Flight of the Valkyries like, a little it's, bit. It's like I get it, I, and, and I applaud your technical expertise, but I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. You know, what I'm... And, and then somebody can get up there. And the, the, here's the thing, going back to karaoke just for a bit and the, and the reason why I love doing it. And and then when I, on days, everybody, any job you have, you go, you have a day where you go like, I don't want to go to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you go and you see somebody that is pouring their heart on a stage because of something they went through that week. And so you have somebody that's heartbroken or, or in love or angry. And Recently a, convicted for killing a man for snoring. Yeah, and that's that's possible. And they're and this is the last song they sing before they go to court, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or they, in court. Yeah, uh, they get up and they do that and they rip, you know, and yeah. and and regardless of their actual expertise or mastery of of the craft of singing, uh, they get up and they pour their heart out, and I connect with that on so much stronger of a level than somebody who can who can just rip. Yeah, you know. But back to the voice. Okay. How long ago did that happen? That's relatively uh, recently. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it aired in February 2015. Um, I my first audition was in July of 2013. So it was almost. Oh, okay. That well, was going back a little further than I that remember. was a year and a half of my life. Wow. And an acting teacher out of Austin, Texas, uh, John Michael Davis, asked me. We were at a we were at a, like an artist weekend that my teacher does up in the mountains. And um, he heard me singing around a campfire. We'd just get around and sing. You know, you got 25 artists that are just kind of there, just doing their thing, pushing their their craft and their their thing forward. And uh, he's like, "Hey, have you ever you ever heard of the Voice?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You should go on that show." And it's it's a weekend where we where you go and you set goals and you get massively attached to like something bigger than yourself. Like set some goals that that are going to require some effort from you. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, all right, cool. Come to find out the auditions were two weeks from then up in New York. And so I flew up to New York. I stood at the back corner of the Javits Convention Center and walked. There was, I think there were probably close to 10,000 people. Oh. And I uh, stood in line and walked around and then got in the room and sang. And how long do they give you to sing? Uh, they give you two songs. They, well, they give you, they, t- they say come prepare with two songs, acapella, and you, you get in a room and they're, they it, the production for the voice is such a a cool one you know i mean it is it's a produced show but like it is they treat you well and you're not treated like cattle everyone's kind all the way through and uh they put you in a room with 10 other or nine other people and you're there and they let everyone get up come up to the mark and sing a verse and a chorus of the song that they've chosen so everyone gets the same choice and they don't go you're like two bars into a song like thanks appreciate it love you mean it you know, yeah. it's like they let you do your thing. Yeah, because it's not that <clears throat> good, long. bad, or indifferent. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then they're at the end of it, they were like, "Thank you so much for uh, for coming." And um, we'll let uh, you know. Well, you know, if we if we call your name, we ask you to stay behind. If we don't, we thank you for coming, and we appreciate you. you we're here because you're here, and we appreciate. So you get you past that first stage, and then I made it to the the callback for that, and bombed the callback for that. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And bomb the callback, man. And, uh, and were you nervous or just tired? Oh, or absolutely nervous. You know, it's like it's, it's, you, it's you know, you go, you're up there. You've invested all your time, invested your money to go up to New York, and then I was crashing on my friend's couch while I was there, you know. And everybody in New York has five, uh, five roommates, you know. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, I hope your roommates don't mind. Do you mind if I crash on your couch? You know, it's not like if somebody comes over to my house, it's like <laughs> I don't get anybody answered to. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, yeah, grab the couch, it's fine. Uh, so I get there. And I, you know, you want the thing, you want it, and there's no, there's no, there's no talking yourself out of wanting it. 
you want it. That, like, you've invested all this time. And so I got there, and I was just like, I, I kind of froze up in it. And uh, and so then they, they invited me back after that. They're like, thank you so much. We'll be in touch. And I remember going out and having lunch with a, with a couple of people that also kind of bombed, but we bonded with each other mm-hmm. in the waiting room. Bombed together. Yeah. And so I don't know if they bombed it, but, you know, for, for whatever reason, they, they felt didn't, like they, they didn't, didn't go ahead. The yeah. And so we went and had a, had a bite to eat. And then we went up on the High Line in New York. And if you haven't been there, you should go. It's amazing. So they took the elevated train line and turned it into this really I've cool seen thing. pictures. It's awesome. And so we stood there, and I've never busked before, you know, and, and so... One of my buddies had a guitar, and so he starts playing, and we start singing, and got a couple bucks. But we we weren't doing it for the money; we were doing it to kind of like let that a release, yeah, yeah that release of that energy, just this pent up energy. And hey, I bet I'll nail this performance. Yeah, <laughs> and if I don't, nobody will listen. Whether anyway. that homeless guy wants to hear it or not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we went, uh, we did that, and then I I came back to Charlotte, and then they called me and asked me if I'd come to Atlanta. I went to Atlanta. There were like fifty people in the room and we're sitting there and I recognized a couple people that I'd seen at the, the big audition and whatnot. So I'm sitting there and, uh, and I saw people come in and leave by the front door. And then a couple of people walk out with a piece of paper and go into a back room. I was like, Ooh. I'm getting one of those pieces of paper. Yeah. I don't care if I have to punch somebody. I'm getting one piece of paper. <laughs> right. You know? And so I went in the room, I sang, they gave me a piece of paper and I walked out and did an interview and then, and then got into the process. They flew me out to LA audition for producers and then that's it's every step of the way is like yes, but we'll let you know. Yeah, you know? I've like, got two two pals that uh, both were auditioned for The Voice, and one yeah. didn't get far, and the other one made it. Yeah, really far. Yeah, um, and it's but, it's yeah. it's it's yes, we'll let you know. Obviously, <clears> it's a it's a they a lot of conversations probably have to happen. You know, it's a lot of nervousness uh, too. For I don't know, a hundred thousand people audition for that show, it, or submit. Tapes, well, I was gonna say to I'm be sure, one of the fifty be, out of the ten thousand. It's it's. Yeah, and, and that's got to be... And that wasn't the only place that they were auditioning people. No, and, and it's yeah. one of those things where when I think about the sheer numbers of it, it's it's mind-boggling to me. You know, I went on a dare. I have no formal vocal training. My first voice lesson was on the voice. I never had a voice lesson in my life, you know. And uh, and to to make it onto the show, and then I made it on season seven, and I was mic'd up, getting ready to walk in. And uh, so we're in this Foley room. Uh, Foley stage, which is where they do sound effects and stuff, so okay. it's soundproof. And I'm standing there, mic'd up, getting ready to walk on the, on on stage for the show. And the the kid that was in the room and went on stage in front of me took the last chair. Oh, that bastard! <laughs> so five, you know, four. Did you five cut him with a dull box cutter? No, I was super stoked for him, man. You Lies. know, because like, no, I, I was. It is. It's 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 like anything else in life. It's bittersweet. It's like, damn, I didn't make it. But bravo for you, sweet man. Sweet tea's not bittersweet. Yeah, well. Mm. Yeah, to, on even, where you're from. to even know that you got that yeah. far. Yeah, out of the I've never gotten that far. Yeah, and so then they that was season seven. They asked me to come and audition again, and I made it on season eight, and and made it on TV. And I didn't get a chair turn, but I made it on, and they they aired it twice, and that was cool. And it was it was an experience that I was not absolutely not prepared for, like in terms of of seeing myself on TV like that. Oh man, I can't uh, stand seeing myself because on it's video. not it's not like a it's not a scripted show, and it's mm-hmm. not like. Um, it's not like being on Nashville or being on a film or anything like that. It's it's the the collective population has an onus on what on the result. Yeah. Like and and so you're seeing it happen. And I had some friends that own a bar and they asked me if I'd you know have a watching party at the bar and I was like, "Sure." And so it got blasted out mm-hmm. and I'm in the room there's 100 
fifty people in the room, something like that. I, I it could have been could have been two thousand, and I would have been oblivious to it because it's such a weird experience, and. Uh, to be watching yourself and then have a whole room of people watching you watch you. Mm. That's very weird. Very metaphysical, very like, ah, you know. (laughs) And I've heard actors say before, you know, before I ever started this journey and started doing any of this stuff, I've heard actors say, I don't like watching my, I don't like going to premieres and watching the film because most Uh, of the time. I I could understand that. They're probably seeing it for the first time as well. Yeah. You know, with the TV show, it's like I got a call, I don't know, a couple of days before and they said you're going to be on X X night, you know. And I said, okay, cool. And so I let the bar know. And then the Facebook blast or marketing blast went out. And I show up the night of, and uh, and I'm so nervous. And I forgot to eat. And I'm sitting there. People are buying me drinks. You know, oh. and it's like, and it becomes that thing. It's like you know when you're when it's your birthday and you forgot to eat. Yeah. But then you add that factor that everybody's waiting to see you on TV. So was it more puke or poop? <laughs> 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 Playing the fifth, man. <laughs> that sounds like a yeah. yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you. I was. Do you get um, footage of the uh, or pictures from the voice and yeah, use that as your, um, you know, part of your portfolio? Yeah, there's pictures your shots from it. with your acting portfolio. There's a lot of pictures. Uh, the thing that they do is it 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 shows on TV and you can probably watch it on on some streaming service somewhere. Um, but they tend to, uh, and I don't know if it's them or, uh, but it, it, the the footage tends to disappear off the internet. And I'm sure that's because then they can sell it to a, a yeah. streaming service or whatever. So, like, being able to find it on YouTube is, you know, it's like digging yeah. for a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was weird because, like, they say you're going to appear on the TV show. You're, you're going to be on TV this, this night. And they don't tell you anything else. And all they're required to do contractually, you know, is your face show up on TV. They, you're not, they're not contractually obligated to, to show you singing or any of that stuff. Yeah. It's your face shows mm-hmm. on TV. So it's like I'm sitting there, and the show comes on, and everybody's like, woo, you know, and we're all in the bar together and hanging out. And uh, and at some point during, a, like, a, a, a montage scene or, like, go-to-commercial montage, my face shows up. And all I could think was, yep, that's it. That's all they owe me. <laughs> and I, all these people are here. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da. Is that yeah. all you got? No, 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 no. Oh, they they actually aired the whole thing. I got the full treatment. It was cool. it was really nice and it was I was I'm very thankful for it. Uh it was it was but it was such an interesting experience. Uh even looking back now, there there's a there's a measure of it that I go that felt like I was I, it felt like I was watching a movie of myself. Like if I it was almost like an out of body experience. Outside of yourself. <clears throat> Cuz like I'm I'm not that person. I'm more yeah. like the handshake, let's sit down and talk kind of guy. And so celebrity aspect of it is not something that comes naturally to me. Yeah. And so being in a room full of 150 people. And I looked around, and every person in that room was somebody I'd had conversation with, had a drink with, had lunch with, had a personal relationship with on some level. And some of them the closest friends of mine, family, uh, and some of them – but every last one of them I had a specific distinct yeah. memory with, and so it wasn't like just bl- you know blank faces. Not just somebody and passing colors. on the night. And that was that was a that was a really cool experience as well to realize that you somehow have had that kind of effect on that many people. I mean, that's I know how that is. I've negatively yeah. impacted many many people. <laughs> um, we're starting to run low on time, so let's blast yeah, yeah. through some of this. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your most recent acting project. Tell us about the next one coming up. What are you working on now? All right, uh, the the last two last three films that I've that I've been in uh, a film called Disconnect that my friend Trey Riley wrote and directed uh, and was produced along with Gavin Harwell. 
that will be coming up at the Carolinas Film Fest October 19th, uh, and it will be at the Tryon International Film Festival October 12th. Uh, and that I play dad. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a film about loss and reconciliation. Um, beautiful, one of the one of the my favorite projects I've ever done. Uh, Mike is coming up, and that was directed by my friend Kent Smith, and it's coming up at the Charlotte Film Fest. Uh, it's going to be in the narrative short film block on the twenty eighth of September. Perfect and, timing. Yeah, just right in time. <laughs> and then uh, film resilient. It's about the story of Dr. Tommy Watson. He's an actual, he's a real person. <laughs> uh, I got to play uh, his coach, his high school football coach, and he's a uh, motivational speaker. He was, he he went from having nothing to becoming a uh, you know a division division one football player, and then on to getting his doctorate and becoming a motivational speaker for kids that don't have anything. And um, I don't have the dates for that for the film festivals for that handy. Um, but be looking out for that. That's going to be it's a it's we'll a post great them story. for you if you'll let us. It's a, absolutely. Well, what's your what's your story. website? Uh, I don't have a website. Okay. Actually. Or social media. Uh, uh, social media. Yeah. My social media Facebook is Brian Pierce, and my Instagram is. This is a fun one. <laughs> Gooey Kablooey seventy five. Jesus Christ. G o o e y k a b l o o e y seven five at g at Instagram. Uh, or it's at Gooey Kablooey seventy five. There you go. Um, the, and background you know on that. You're every, a child, don't you? Absolutely, and and you'll know why. Because uh, everybody, every time I say it to somebody, and they ask me what you know what my Instagram handle is, and I tell them, I ain't gonna forget uh, it. They're like, they look at me kind of weird, and I was like, Have you ever read Calvin and Hobbes? I, I'm familiar. Yeah, with okay, it. the mm-hmm. book that his dad read to him when he was going to sleep was Hamster Huey and the Gooey Kablooey. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't fit so, Hamster Huey in it. Was a, it was a big fan. <laughs> it was either that or something from the Far Side. Which I hear is coming it's back. Coming back. It's coming yeah. back as, a, as yep. an online thing, and I'm looking forward to that. Cause Best far side ever is the yeah. guy pushing the wheelbarrow on hill, walking around <laughs> whistling, and the two devils over the side going, that guy's just not getting it. <laughs> I, I always, I always, every time I, I push on a pull door or pull on a push door, uh, yeah. it's like, was it Zerg's school for the gifted or something like that, where the, the dude's like leaned yeah. up against it? Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um and uh, coming up, I'm actually shooting a film currently called Knuckles, and that's written and directed by my friend William Simmons. You told me a little bit about this. Yeah. This sounds very interesting I'm to me. Really, really excited about this film. It's we're shooting it as a short film right now, uh, with the goal of um, turning it into a to a feature film. Um, and I am really excited. This is the one film, one project that I've been a part of so far that I actually reached. I sent the audition in. And I had worked with him previously on something we did last year, and I was I was just I was a gopher. I found out that they were doing something. I was like, "Look, man, whatever it is that you're doing, I will come and I'll get coffee. I'll go get lunch for people." And that's kind of my thing. Is like, I I don't have to be in front of the camera. I don't have to be the the, yeah. the mm-hmm. man of the hour. Get me in like, the door. I want to be a part of. I want to I want to be a part of yep. this creative process, you know. And that's with filmmakers here and wherever. Um, you know, try to try to approach it ego free, and um, so kind of developed developed a relationship with him, and I sent him the audition, and didn't hear anything, and then I was down in Atlanta for another audition, and I just it was just rattling around in my head, so I I had his number, so I texted him, I was like, listen, I know you probably, it, you you may have already cast the role, I don't know if you have or not, but if you haven't, I would like to I would like to uh, I would like this role, I want this role. And if you need to meet a re-audition, if you want to see something different, you want to give me some notes, whatever, I'm happy to do that because this is something that it's it's the concept of the film just speaks to me, and I want to play this role, and 
I ended up landing the role and super stoked about it. Yeah. And and one of the things that 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 I've been thankful for is that I've also been able to through that relationship um, with casting. You know, you're looking at the other characters in the film, and they have those spots have to be filled. And I've I've been thankful that many of my friends have booked on this as nice. well. So I'm wor- I'm not only working with my friends to do it, but we're telling a really amazing story. That's cool. I look forward to that one. Yeah. Um, we're gonna let you go. I know you got places to be. Yeah. We don't. Well, so, but you know, we we know you do. Well, I gotta go to Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna go to Popeyes? Uh, every time I go, the sandwich is out. It's like the ice cream machine. About the sandwich. What'd you say, bro? It's, it's, it's like, like the ice cream machine. It's like McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> oh, that's like uh, uh, the, the McDonald's that, that are available to me, like on Central. Every time you go there, it's a different thing. Please, like, you go up to the to the thing, and it's like, uh, can you come to the second window? Can you go to the first window? We're closed right now for cleaning. It's like, when, when I need are your you paperwork open? that you are hepatitis resistant. <clears throat> I went somewhere the other day, and I tried to get food, and then I wanted a sweet tea. with. Oh. And they were like, well... Uh, we're out of ice. I went. I went somewhere for uh, like on Christmas. A lot of times, uh, I'll be I'll be here in Charlotte, and so me and my buddy Matt Hooker get together. Who's an amazing artist, by the way. Absolutely, we've well, thrown his name around some. Yeah, if you want to have an interesting conversation, talk to that dude. Uh, but we will get to, we'll get uh, lunch or something, and so or dinner. And so we went to uh, a Mexican restaurant, and they were out of rice. <laughs> And I was like, "What? How's that even?" Happen? I mean, I, I I get it. You probably got just well. They also rushed. out of tortillas. You probably got rushed, but like, Dude, you, that's like, like it's like any uh, any place that is known for a thing that they're out of on a regular basis is like, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, how do you like, go to KFC without getting diarrhea? Who's doing your food order? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have you heard the story about Pineville, the Pineville chicken shortage of 2017? <laughs> so my wife's feeling kind of bad. I said, "Hey, I'll run down the street to Bojangles, get you some chicken." So I go down to Bojangles, pull up the guys says, uh, what were you going to order, man? I said, I don't know, chicken? He goes, man, we're out of chicken. What? I said, you're bullshitting. He said, well, our truck isn't here. I said, okay, don't worry about it. I go, there's a KFC next door on Highway 51. I go through their drive through I pull up there, and the guy says, uh, I said, let me guess, you're out of chicken? He goes, damn, man, how did you know? I said, y'all get the same truck Bojangles gets? He goes, yeah, I think it's Prestige Farms. I yeah. said, later, man. Some, some, somewhere down the road, yeah, some, my like, wife got some mass men are like getting off, <laughs> making off with a truck full of chicken. Yo, man, I got them drum hats. Hey. Tipped over hey. on 77 somewhere. <laughs> hey, I got these. They fell off the truck. <laughs> oh, and they have not been washed. <laughs> Brian with a Y, Pierce, it's been a pleasure, awesome, as always. Man. Well, thank you guys for having me in. This is awesome Appreciate talking it. with y'all. Yep. Uh, Brian uh, with an I, Satina. Yeah. You got anything else or you want me to do the plugs? Nope, go for the plugs. Uh, Did you have oh, something else? I will say, if you're interested in any of this. I am. And you're interested in acting, uh, I also teach at the Actors Lab. Uh, Where's the Actors Lab? The Actors Lab is at Studio 1212 uh, currently. That's where we that's where we have our office space and that's where we have our studio space. In what area of town? Which and street that is uh, on uh, 1212 10th Street, uh, right, right outside of Uptown. And uh, yeah. So I teach the beginning adult actors class. Pat Dorch, who is an amazing, amazing actor, friend of mine, he teaches the intermediate and advanced classes. And we're all under the tutelage of my friend and guru and acting teacher, J.D. Lewis. Pat Dorch. Pat Dorch, Dorch sounds very familiar. That's not of the PTL ministry. No, Dorch no, no, family, no, 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 no. He's of... Uh, He's currently got a film that's uh, a pilot, actually, that's showing in film festivals around the country called Limbo. Okay. And look it up, Limbo on Facebook. I feel like I'm going to be involved with that somehow. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you very much for listening or ignoring whatever it is that you do. Um, this is Tom, and that is Brian, and that is Jerry. No, Brian. <laughs> Brian with a Y. Brian but anyway, y. Uh, this has Brian been Pierce. the Mad Park Podcast. Thanks for listening to us. You can check us out at madparkdesigns.com. You can also check out what we do with Mad Park Music at madparkdesigns.com. And don't forget to check out theplayroomonline.com. We were recorded here inside the vault at the Playroom. 916 Tuxedo Road on Charlotte's scorching white hot west side.